Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back ahead of round 24, only two weeks ago, Supercoaches. So we're really, really getting to the end. Of, it's either the point that a lot of people are dropping off or a lot of people are getting real sweaty about their head-to-heads or where they're going to finish. So it is an exciting couple of weeks. It's an exciting couple of weeks for the footy as well. But this podcast, we've got something a little bit different. Uh, it's always great to talk to the listeners and engage with some of the people that listen to this podcast as well as other ones. As obviously, there's a lot of questions on Twitter as well as the other social medias like Facebook, etc. Um, great to chat to the to the listeners out there. So we do have one of our listeners that has listened for a long time that's actually going really well. And uh, Billy and me have spoken to him over the years. That's Brad. And Brad is... Just looking at the top 10 at the moment, he's ranked 13th. Uh, he's had a really good year. His team looks absolutely stellar when I had a look at it, actually. I'm pretty jealous of it, but good to get Brad on, who's maybe trying to push for the top 10. So, Brad, welcome on the podcast, mate. It's it's nice to have you and someone that's maybe going to finish at the pointy end in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah, cheers, Barnsley. Um, you know, it's always good to be able to jump on to these sort of things and jump onto the, o- uh, the OG of uh, All-Stars. Podcast pretty sweet, and um, it's been a pretty sweet season. I mean, I think just being kissed on the dick, it's not really out of here by skill, but, um, you know, we'll take that. Well, anyway, you can do it, mate. That's fine. <laughs> have <laughs> we'll you, take anyone we can get, really. You've listened to the podcast for a few years, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've probably played for about four years or so, and um, this is one of the first ones that I jumped onto, and it was always good to hear you and Billy um, chatting like certainly pre-seasons and everything like that it was uh, really good to get the research and everything in off you boys and your perspectives and chatting with you boys. You know, it's really good. Good stuff. Well, it's great that it's helped somebody out because uh, my team's absolutely shit house at the moment. <laughs> but uh, that's more about being completely out of trades. I'll be lucky to have 16 this week by the look of things. But you're you're looking pretty good this week, so you should have a full squad. Um, it's probably a good spot to be in for you because you've got some trades left looking at having a full squad for this week and you're ranked 13th at the moment and you jumped from 26th, I think it was last week, into 13th. So there's not a huge amount of points for you to get a top 10 finish, which I guess is what you'd want to aim for. How have you found the season from your perspective? You're obviously someone who's having a very successful season. You've managed to hold some trades towards the end, which is good. How have you found the season overall for you? Um, it's been a bit of a different sort of season. I think adapting sort of different game plans because this season's thrown up a lot of curveballs, just being able to adapt a bit quicker on the fly, uh, and sort of going against some of the main laws, which have been staples of the past, like stacking your pack, everything like that in the, in the past. So went a bit harder at my center wings a lot earlier than I would ever touch them. Usually I use them up near the end and sort of fill that out a bit later on but this sort of season there was a lot of points in the your main scoring areas like yeah yeah five eights halfbacks uh fullbacks and then centers that um i sort of pretty much left my forward pack alone which uh, i think sort of helped going forward so what do you what do you reckon is your, your your top couple of favorite moves that you've made that you think have really helped your season? Whether those are sort of guys that you trade out or guys that you trade in or guys that you started with. Like what do you, what are the couple of top things that stand out? I mean, like everyone's got them. Like I'm I'm ranked nowhere near you this year, but 
Um, you know, I loved Adam Dewey. You know, I've talked about getting in Adam Dewey very early. He's been one of my big wins of the season for me. Any players or any things that stand out for you? Well, I'm definitely going to say that I uh, definitely stole the Adam Dewey uh, a bit later on when he switched back to 5'8", and just after your chat and just watching you turn up with uh, Adam doing 5'8 for a fair while was uh, pretty nice to watch and listen to and everything. So um, as soon as he went back to 5'8, grabbed him straight in. Uh, that was a good one, uh, which, you know, a lot of people are sort of a bit hesitant. Um, same with sort of trading out. I've traded out Paps straight away as soon as he got head knocked because I thought that was just one mm-hmm. of the positions that you just couldn't couldn't hold a fullback at that sort of price when you can the the range of scoring out of those sort of players is what's allowed me I guess to gain these sort of rankings and just making sure you get the right captains and stuff on so yeah I mean I tried it in IPAP really early as well even when he was on the bench I just thought that him up at prop which is you know still pretty dog shit uh, in general, was sort of a, a, a pretty key move, I guess, very early. And, yeah, just, it, there was a couple of bits and pieces like that. But uh, Joey Manu over the, the buy period, didn't actually expect Joey Manu to be doing what he's doing. But um, that was pretty pretty good that he's continued on and kicked on after Origin, probably a little bit better than everyone would have thought. And so that also meant that a lot of other people didn't trade him in. So having someone like that as a pod was quite good. You jumped on a couple of guys that ended up being really hot too that had some question marks that I can see in your side. So that someone like Ruben Garrick, uh, like he's, if I talked about the biggest mistakes of my year, Ruben Garrick's one of them. And I mentioned it last week to Billy. I think there's either the, the people that jumped on and took the plunge on Ruben or the people that just went nah and then it got too expensive and they couldn't do it. You, you obviously grabbed him and D, his teammate DC is another one that's in your team who is another one that's a little bit polarizing where, you know, if he jumped on for the good run, he would have absolutely catapulted you as well. So, I mean, that's a couple that probably stand out to me that um, that, that look like would have been difference makers definitely over the last six, seven weeks in particular. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Ruben Garrick and DCE. I mean, I grabbed DCE the week that he went and banged out 160-odd or whatever in turbo. Scored a measly 100 or something that week. <laughs> yeah, you know, just keeping up with his average. But, um, yeah, I mean, Garrick... Those sort of players I wouldn't normally have brought in, but just looking at the scoring potential, like the Alex Johnsons and stuff as well, um, picked him up at a nice time and then also sold him and sort of just, uh, I guess I sort of, yeah, got kissed on the D a bit uh, with certain timing of selling players. I think was good as well. Was pretty quick to in in certain positions uh, where their price value is quite high and they've had their good runs. I uh, just sort of taking them off and and flipping them to other players has been quite profitable this year. I think. Excellent. And one of the things that's uh, slightly unusual with your team build, uh, which has obviously worked all right for you, is that you've actually got the dual hookers that you can play. There's a lot of teams that are really stuck at the moment, uh, which maybe, like, I, if Cook was out this week, I wouldn't have even had a hooker to play. You've got Cook and, and Braley. Was that something that you did for them, like, near the start, where you had a couple of hookers that you could play both of, or did you come late on one of those guys? Yeah, I came uh, a bit later on. It was after Origin, sorry, um, that I brought in Cook. I had Braley. I traded him in. He was, I think, my second trade-in, looking at my history just before. So I grabbed him quite early and just sort of have ridden him and played him then uh, in bits and pieces. I had Jake Little, Little as well. Um, 
But then sort of hooker and, mm-hmm. yeah, as second row, I really haven't touched all that much. So, I mean, it's been nice to have two hookers, but on majority of weeks, I haven't actually been playing two hookers either, though, so. Yep. What about things that you think that went wrong for you? You know, have you got any things that keep you awake at night where you think, geez, I could be number one or two at the moment and I, I really stuff that up or this this particular thing turned my season around? Yeah, definitely. Uh, David Fafida. I didn't own him till round 16. Oh. Uh, so. That stinks. I mean, his, yeah. Uh, and every week I was like, nah, look, it's going to drop at some point. Oh, shit, he's just banged out another ton. Oh, nah, nah, look, he can't keep scoring tries. Oh, he's banged out another double try game. Oh, that's sweet. Beauty. Ne- maybe next week. Maybe next week. And so that kept going on for a while, <laughs> uh, which was pretty pretty rough and then so I ended up grabbing him back in and now we get that weird conundrum where he's like you know he's almost a sit at the moment if people have enough depth in the second row so well I asked yeah I asked that to Billy last week and Billy Billy said refused to sit him and I was oh I I kind of feel like we need to think about it but nah it's uh, it's hard it's really hard for you because like you've that's really, really unlucky, Brad, because you brought him in, and at the moment, like you'd you'd probably rather have that trade rather than have brought him in round sixteen. It's just ended up pretty bad for those that jumped on that late on him. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, but that's sort of, I think, something that was uh, didn't quite go. I mean, I didn't trade in uh, Brandon Smith as well either. I haven't owned him all season. But the same sort of consideration with uh, Jerome Hughes. Haven't owned him all season either. So these sort of players as well. I mean, like, so yeah, Dave Vafita, yay and nay. But, um, yeah, the other couple of players as well, you could almost put in the same category at the moment as well because they're playing, not playing. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely been a really strange season, which I've discussed many times on the podcast with everybody that's come on. Uh, it's been very different. How have your captaincies gone? Because, I mean, captaincy is something that can really swing your season to being absolutely glorious or being one that you just want to give up on at round 20 because the captaincy options really can kill you. I didn't captain Turbo two weeks ago when he scored his million points, and I captained Ponga for 38 or whatever it was a week before last. So that just killed me. But there's some coaches that have done that way too often, trying to catch up, um, and other ones that have absolutely nailed it every week. Like I, I had Timmy on, who's coming first at the moment, uh, probably about a month ago, and he was talking about how he's gotten lucky where he's nailed a lot of his captaincy choices. How have you found your captaincy advice, captaincy working for you this year? Do you think that's been one of the, the pillars of why you're finishing so well, or you think it's more the other stuff? Nah, I'd 100% put it down to a lot of um, captaincy choices going right for me. I mean, I know certainly probably for the first six rounds or so, I couldn't pick a captain to save myself. I mean, there was a couple of games right at the start, which people forget that Teddy just banged out monster scores, um, and I wasn't on him. It kills me that everybody forgets those. I mention it all the time when Teddy comes up, that people are sleeping on the fact that his first month of footy was actually really good. Yeah, and and that's why I thought, I mean, like, uh, that was another trade, you know, Gutho to Teddy um, after the buy period's done and sort of people slept on him and then he reminded everyone last week. But, you know, and I had the captaincy on him then. So, I mean, captains, I mean, I haven't missed out on, like, there was that stretch where it went Cleary 220 or something and then Cleary again for 190 and then Tommy 190 and then 150 or something like that out of Tommy. Like, there's there's been a couple of good stretches where we've just nailed captains like that, so. 
Uh, that's what you need. Like that's that's an awesome run, and it's also something that's I don't think ever happened before. This is one of the things that, especially newer super coaches, like I couldn't even imagine somebody going into super coach. This is their first year, and trying to figure out what super coach is because like they would just think that it's you know your captain's got to score 180 or it's a shit week. Like it's it's we've never seen a run like that where you've had what you've just peeled off there in a month period where it's been like 150 to 220 points. Like that's never happened in the history of Supercoach. It's just insane the scoring this year. Yeah, and then you've got players like, um, well, I mean, like just Turbo, and people are just going to think this is just a normal season just out of out of Supercoach scorers. I mean, Turbo's averaging, what, 136 or something like that and just banging out tons for fun and double tons and the Supercoach scoring records have just been obliterated. Top 10, like, was untouched for ages, really, and then this whole year has just been dominated. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting but very fun season as well for a lot of people at least. Uh, how are you feeling about going the last couple of weeks and do you have any goals? Like, are you, is it sort of that top 10 that you're aiming for, top five? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to finish as high as I could, really. I mean, but, um, back probably, I think it was round eight or something like that, I was sitting in 10,000th and I thought that, you know, top 1,000 would be good. So, um, I'm, so, yeah, so I'm just, pretty happy to be up here i'm like you know just it's just all good fun from here i mean you know it is what it is from here so you know we're just hoping that uh Vili armies can get it home yeah well i mean i don't i don't mean to discredit your chance at finishing one either because Vili army just uh dropped down a little bit as well so he's only 91 points ahead of second and i mean we've already seen you know he had a 500 point lead two weeks ago so you can have big big turnarounds in a week where you can catch people too so it isn't out of the realm of possibility that you could make a run if you had a perfect two weeks and you had the right pods and stuff uh, and, and sort of get towards that top end. Yeah, it's, it's certainly been difficult. Um, did you, I mean, that's a great story too, by the way, now that you mentioned it, that you were, you know, around 10,000 a couple of months into the season because a lot of people really, even seasoned super coaches, write off what type of chance you have to move. And I always say every single year, You've always got a really good chance to move still. You've always got the buys that you can hit. You've always got pods that you can hit. And you've always got pod captains that can hit that can really give you a big influx of points and a big jump on everyone ahead of you throughout the first few months of the season, especially. A lot of people write that off. Um, and this year in particular was a year where you've just got such big fluctuations of your point scoring where you can do it. And we've, we've seen it plenty of times with people falling from uh, some other guys that I've chatted to have been in the top 20 and they've fallen to 200 in a week sort of thing. You know, it's been massive drop-offs and stuff. So can definitely happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great story coming from 10,000 two months into to where you are now. So that's awesome, mate. Well, look, I appreciate you listening to the All-Stars podcast um, and, and following us and everything. And I wish you best of luck for the season. I hope you do finish as far up as possible. Um, I don't want to. I, I think that the the best thing would be, Brad, since Tim's been on the podcast, you know, if you and Tim could both tie for first, I'll, I'll wish for that for you guys. All right. Oh, look, mate. Um, I'm I'm more than happy just to uh, sneak into that top ten and uh, let Billy Armies just take that out by himself. It'd be all good. <laughs> well, thanks for jumping on, Brad. I appreciate you jumping on, and um, and your season's been fantastic. So good luck for the rest of it, and we'll chat again soon. Cheers, bro. Talk to you later. All right, that was uh, excellent from Brad, one of our listeners. Always good to see uh, some some of our listeners going really well at the top end and being in contention for those top spots at the end of the overall season. Uh, 
Next up, we're going to have Billy on board, and Billy's going to do the team previews with me. Before we get into that, I do need to mention our sponsor, fantastic partnership of the All-Stars podcast, Top Sport. Top Sport, 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They are phenomenal. They often have best odds in market. There were some great odds last week. There's some great odds this week on NRL. If you are going to gamble, make sure you do it responsibly, but do make sure that you do it with Top Sport. Use the All-Stars promo code. It is just SC All-Stars. Pop that in when you're creating a account. That way they'll make sure they'll take good care of you because they know that you're one of my listeners and they'll know that you're into NRL too, so they'll let you know all about it and what they've got to offer. But enough of that. We're going to get Billy on board now and he's going to come straight in and do the team previews. So, Billy, welcome back, mate. You uh, you had to take a leave of absence for the start of the podcast because we had Brad on, but I know Brad's chatted to you a lot during the year about his team and stuff as well. Yeah, I'm going to start asking him for advice next year, mate. <laughs> well, it's good to see a listener going great guns, but you are back on board to uh, go through the team previews, mate. So did you have a, a bit of a better week last week before we get into it? No, funnily enough. I was absolutely full strength and could not wait to, to slipstream absolutely every man's dog last week, but I didn't own Teddy. <laughs> so I went backwards, mate. My highest, I think my highest scoring play was, was Haas and then not, and no one else scored out of the 60. It was absolutely abysmal. Well, he was the only um, massive captaincy option on the weekend, wasn't he, Teddy? Like, it was a, it was really one of those weeks where there just wasn't anything that was massive aside from Teddy's score. So it really separated everyone that had him, didn't Yeah, it's about 350 points swing, basically. Um, you either owned him or you didn't, mate. And yeah, for, for, one, for one bloke to pretty much score, six or seven of your players combined really kind of hurts, but it's going to show the value of our trades, mate. Stuff and gutter. Yeah, well, we've had uh, another massive amount of injuries with TLT today. So, Sivo looked like he'd just done an MCL, so he might have even been back at, at some point later in the finals, if indeed the Eels got to that point, which they weren't going to. But um, at least would have been back for round one next year, all fine and fresh. But ACL for him, and looks like that there's a partial tear potentially for Adam Dewey. So, he sees it over. He's already flown to Sydney, so regardless of the extent of that damage, he's gone. I lost two ACLs on the weekend, really, with this team list, and plus everybody else. So it's uh, it's just looking great. You know, I just have to laugh now. Like anyone that's in my team must be absolutely shitting themselves, just waiting for a knee injury or a head knock or something this week. It's gonna come. Mate, I wish I only had lost two ACLs. I lost the heart and soul of my team and my lungs, and I'm not looking forward to seeing what's what's left. Uh, well, let's get into the the team list and the previews for this week. The Knights and the Titans is the first game up. Look, I think the first thing that we've got to say is that, you know, I asked Brad one of his you know, regrets of the season or something that's really held him back. Something that has killed my last five weeks of football is getting Kalen Ponger in. Uh, and like, it just, it looks good, but to, he's gone 43 points on the weekend against the Bulldogs. And he did 36 the week before against the Sharks in two phenomenal matchups. And when I had him against the Broncos for 71 three weeks ago, I was surprised he got 71. It's it's just been absolutely abysmal. I've captained him um, the last two weeks, which has not helped at all for a 43 and a 36. He couldn't put it on against the Bulldogs on the weekend with a 43-point score, Billy. He's straight up against the Titans this week on Thursday night. So it's a very easy VC option. Uh, but... If you own Turbo, you just you can't possibly do it. But he's the main standout for this one. Uh, if you don't own Turbo, do you pull the trigger and, and go for the VC on, on Ponga or just give up on him at this point? Uh, you probably have to throw the VC on him anyway. I mean, 
even if you do own turbo, because the only way you're not captaining turbo is if someone goes 200. Even if even if Palmer scores 160, Trebovic versus Bulldogs, I'd still be too scared <laughs> to take that loop. So it would have to be absolutely massive. So you want someone that's going to go ballistic. So he's probably one of the very, very few who could actually reach that sort of stratosphere. Yeah, uh, but if you own Turbo, you can't do them both, right? So that's the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How about we just leave that out, eh? Or you just leave it there. I've got to leave that one in there so people know, <laughs> right. that, know that you're human. Um, well, look, aside from that, the other big balls one would be going the VC on David Fafita. Now, Fafita has stayed on the bench. He's going to be again. It looks like that's his home, regardless of the fact that they got trounced against Melbourne last week. Um, it's it's abysmal scoring two weeks in a row now, 31 points for two weeks. But he's playing a Newcastle edge. It can give up points. It is his equal longest scoring drought of consecutive games without a try being two at the moment. So, you know, it, it all points to him maybe getting a try this week against Newcastle. Wouldn't surprise me if he got a double if they're firing and he's actually motivated. Um, it is obviously a shot in the dark, but it is only your VC and being the first game, it does give you a lot of loop options. So that is an option. But some people are actually going to say, you know what? I've got a few trades up my sleeve. Do I just trade David Fafita out? Has he shown that little the last month of football and coming off the bench still? that I actually trade him. Uh, last week I suggested to you that maybe we should think about sitting him. You said no, even though it was a storm. Yeah, the next two weeks are the Knights and the Warriors, which sounds good, but the way the Titans are going with him, it's it's really hard to say, and people are at the end where they either need to win their head-to-heads or they're really clamouring for a top position finish. I wouldn't sit him. Um, I certainly wouldn't be trading him out. I don't. It, it, even if he comes off the bench, mate, he's one of those guys who can... Be on sort of eight points and then get to sort of 64 in the space of three minutes. So not owning him, it's, it'd be more concerning not owning him than sort of going the antipod route. He is owned by a lot of people, so that's that's the issue at the moment that some teams might face. What I would say to those teams, if, if you're worried about him being owned by a lot of people, I would put the VC on him. Uh, he went 147 points against Newcastle with three tries in round five. And, you know, it's it's a similar edge that he's going to be running at. Uh, granted, he played 80 minutes, but he still tore them to shreds. So that's, Isn't he on the that's right? something to keep in mind. Isn't he on the right now? He, was play, he, was, oh. he, played, he played right last week. Beginning of the season, he was on the left. So if he's on the right, he's now running at Barnett, not um, Fitzgibbon. Actually, 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 Barney started the season um, on the edge at the beginning of the year, didn't he? So it would be Barney and Barney again. But I think he started the year on the left, so he's... Probably, uh, if he started on the left, he would have been running. Yeah, I'm not sure. He would, he would have been running at the other side beginning of the year. Well, I reckon both sides are going to be fine for him to run out, but it is a good point. I forgot about that, that he was on the other side. Um, but 147 points. If you come close to replicating that, I mean, it, it could be a decent VC loop for people that have 17 in particular. Um, that is something that can differentiate you, though, from the crowd if you're worried about the fact that he's owned by half a super coach players. Uh, no one's going to captain him, though, or vice-captain him is going to be low. So that's something where you can double up if he does go big and get it up on the ownership on him. What you could even do, given that he's so early in the weekend, you could, um, if you've got um, 17 players, you could bench him. And if you're... Um, if you're... Um, 
actually go to go to sixteen player. If you if you've only got sixteen players, you could sort of um, bench him, and if, and if and if he goes um if if he goes great, then you you take the take the AE. Um, if if he doesn't go any good, then you can trade um then you can trade um someone else out to get, him, to get his score. There you go. There's an option for you as well. Um, there isn't a huge amount of pods in this one, uh, and there probably is another a, a lot of other ones that are fantastic options, but it's really hard to tell what's going to happen. One of the guys I'm just going to mention, I don't think it's an option at all, but certainly for draft, I think it might be an option. His, um, the Newcastle side obviously has a fantastic couple of weeks here. They've got the Gold Coast Titans on Thursday night, which is a great game for VC options or out-of-the-box VCs, and then they've got the Broncos in round 25, which is another great game. Anari Tuala has scored seven tries in the last four games. He's gone three tries, one try, two try, one try. He's still only got a a five-round average of 63, but he does have a 110 in there with his hat trick. Uh, If you think that the the Knights are going to be able to click with their attack, it might be against the Titans or the Broncos in the next couple of weeks. Certainly for draft, he might be one to consider uh, because he's just been on a massive try-scoring run. But... Other than that, as far as overall, it's really one of those games where I don't think that you could probably go for any of these pods. Um, Even Barnett is somebody that probably deserves mentioning where he's been solid, um, but we've probably expected a bit more attack out of him. Now, I probably would have said a couple of weeks ago, and I did say to some people, you may as well get him in because he's going to be solid, he's going to be good, and he'll probably hit some attack. He's got a a three-round average of 71, a five-round average of 64. Certainly, if you need a second-round forward, Grab him, put him in because the Titans and the Broncos edges are really weak. Good matchup this week, but he hasn't been getting the, the bulk attack we thought. 71 against the Dogs, 65 against the Sharks, 78 against the Broncos last time was the last time he scored a try, so maybe he doubles up there, but yeah, he's probably the only other one that kind of stands out as still a potential trade in if you need a forward for this game. Yeah, possibly. I if you, leave, if you need a forward, I, I, I still can't like, like the idea of Watson. Like he's in, in uh, sort of starting jersey, I know, I know what you're saying, but I think this game is sort of hard to pick a couple of flucky guys. It's you, you could go either, either team for an edge though. So Twali or sort of Thompson, there's a couple of guys you could, could throw Speckies up there, but be reluctant to trade anyone in. No, I think the Twala one is um is more for draft sides that really want to rotate a set and wing in there and go for it. Uh, this is a real tough one to pick on Top Sport. As far as the Top Sport bet of the week, um, I think that you've really got to stick with Tuala for a try score. But you're not going to get a hell of a lot of value for him because he's been scoring so much. It's still $1.78, though, which, considering his strike rate the next month, $1.78 is pretty good, so I'm going to stick to that bet. Let's go on to the next game, Billy. The next one's the Warriors and Raiders, though. So when we're talking about not too much happening, <laughs> there isn't a hell of a lot to talk about in this one. The big thing is that Josh Curran is named... Uh, I'd be really careful if you're looking at trading him in. So he's another one of those prime secondary forward options to finish a year on at the moment. He came off his 111 and 139 points in round 21 to 22 and put on 70 against the Broncos in a really solid effort where he got another try as well. Uh, only ended up with a 35 base, uh, which is one of his lower bases that he's had when he started. Still coming up against the Raiders side this week that could give him some points. You have to be really careful with him though because he is named... He went off for a HIA last week. You'd want to make sure that you don't train him in until right beforehand just to make sure there's no switch out. I really, I really like this game for edge scoring. Um, I said to my brother-in-law last week, so mate, just get the UN Aitkins at any time try scorer. Although I did think it was going to be more around the five, five bucks. It was probably more around the three the three mark. Um, I really like all these edges to score, mate. So Aitken, Curran, 
Um, Hudson, Hudson Young's an absolute beast when it comes to tackles and when he plays the bottom ring, ring teams, like he's an aggressive runner. And you've obviously got that, uh, that Whitehead who's, um, um, pretty, pretty good at running lines too. I, I reckon you're going to see a good two or three tries with your second rowers, mate. This is going to be one of the very rare games, but I think that the, the edges have, have, uh, the, the edges go ballistic in, in that attack. Yeah, I really like the edges. I still think that you and Aiken's still very undervalued compared to his ownership, and I still think that he's a he's a prime trading target for anyone that wants him. 69 points on the weekend. Before that, he's got 74, 89, and 128. That's his full month starting in the back row. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's absolutely killing it, averaging around 90 points in the back row since he's been starting there, and his base has been phenomenal too at a 50-plus on raw bases and edge back rower. So... He's going great. I really like your call that he's going to score this week. But as a as a more out of the box one, um, I do I did have Young penciled in just to mention because Hudson Young's been getting 80 minutes a game for what the last seven weeks. Um, aside from one week where he started at 13, right in the middle at round 20, um, but everything else has been 80 minute games. So when he's starting on that edge, he's going to be getting his 80 minutes. And when he's been getting those 80-minute games on the edge, um, he's been firing. He's gone 55, 103, 65, uh, 42 for a dud, 61 and 64. So you're not going to get a bad game out of him. And if you think that those edge guys on both sides are going to have a field day and you don't have very much money, which is going to be the case for a lot of teams at the moment, they're going to say, you know, who's sub 500,000 in second row forward that I can buy? And guys like Curran have rocketed, Barnett's rocketed, you know, a lot of people are out of reach. Hudson Young might be a real pottish move. You think he can go across for a try. Uh, he could score really well this week against the Warriors too. Yeah, the only, only question there is, um, is CHN back next week? Is that is this his third week or second week? No, no, he's gone for the year. He's um, oh, okay. he's rubbed out. So, okay, safe thing. I was just going to uh, uh, see who, who would leave next week if he came back, but... Oh, he was coming off the bench anyway. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, the good thing as well is that they've got... The Raiders have got a bench of Nickel Clockstad, and he's obviously going to be a, a utility value. Yeah. But then you've got Havili, who's going to come on at either hooker or lock, one of the two, and play in the middle. And Horsburgh and Gula are going to be used as props. So it's actually pretty good to, to signify that Young's going to continue to get his... Um, he's 80 minutes on that edge while he's there and it looks like he'll be there for the next couple of weeks. So not a bad one. Um, not a huge amount of other plays in this particular game, Billy. Reese Walsh has been the best player out of both these sides. We've spoken about it before. It's just too hard with all the, with now that Paps is back as well. You know, he's just not going to go as well as Pappenhausen, uh, Tedesco, uh, Turbo and all these other options that you've got. So you basically just got to leave him out and just say pat on the back. He's been good. He'll probably score decent this week. Uh, but top spot better than week on this one, Billy. It's like the first game. I, I find it really difficult because the Raiders have been very up and down too, and so have the Warriors. The Raiders' line is minus six and a half at a dollar ninety on top sport. I'm going to pull that back to minus five and a half and, and take the dollar eighty one on it, and I reckon that's pretty decent value. Roosters Rabbits is the next one. Big rivalry game this one. I'm sort of looking forward to it because I always like playing South. It's always a really good atmosphere. The players really get into it. But lately, they've been building a spilly. So <laughs> I'm a bit worried. Obviously, a lot of people own uh, many roosters at the moment. Guys like Daniel Tupo put up a ton last week and repaid the faith, which is fantastic. Manu has not been going as well of late as what he was previously. 
and is obviously playing, you know, a bit of a tougher side in his house. But he did score 61 against them in round three. He's only gone 51 and 51 the last two weeks. So there's these type of guys that you're wondering whether you, you actually sit or play. Um, I actually had a conversation off air with Brad, who was on just before you, where he had Tupanura as well, and we were discussing how we felt about playing him this week. And we both actually agreed that we didn't mind playing him this week because uh, the Rabbits low-key have a pretty weak edge on that side uh, that can give up points. So I was sort of confident that he could score a try against them. But, you know, all these guys are potential sits for this week for this Roosters side, especially when you consider at the end of last year, South put 60 points on us and it was an absolute drubbing. We've lost more players this week, Billy. It's the story of the Roosters' season. Adam Kieran gone last week. Uh, Copley's come back for a one-game cameo and now he's injured. What do you do with all these Roosters boys aside from Tedesco? Do you sit or start any of them? I'd be with, with, with Copley out and um, Manu. Um, Manu's only been scoring pretty ordinary because he's got he's, he's not playing winger, hasn't been playing fullback. When he's in that right centre position, I, I know I know you'll arguably say, look, he's what he, the or if not the one of the best centres in the game. But super coach wise, he does nothing there. Put him on the winger at fullback, that's where he plays. So yeah, not very keen on him at centre mate. I prefer him at wing or fullback. So unless there's a last minute shift, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing him. Um, if I had to pick between um, uh, Tupu and uh, Manu, but if you own both, probably go the left side of Tupu just in case there's a bit of a luck factor with a winger. Even if there's a late switch and Jackson and Jackson Paula comes out and Tam Yong comes in, I don't think they're, they'd be about the same defensively. T- Teddy's in four, mate. He goes both ways. Um, even the Roosters, they, they could be on fifth tackle and two metres infinite left-hand sideline. They still shuffle the ball to Teddy and... Um, go to go the short route. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about Tupu, but um, if I had the choose, sorry, I would be concerned, but if I had to choose between the two, I'd be less less concerned about Tupu. Yeah, I feel exactly the same as well. Uh, one of the forwards that I'm not concerned about playing and I'm actually looking forward to owning as a pod for the next couple of weeks is Takiyaho. Uh Obviously, you know, the Roosters have had guys gone down in the middle. We've spoken about the minutes. Um, he's averaged 49 minutes the last couple of weeks, which is up from the, you know, the weeks prior, which is fantastic. It's still lower than what you would hope for him. Uh, but in saying that, he was kicking goals last week. Adam Kieran is the other goal kicker uh, and he's now gone as well. So... The hope is that Takiyaho is going to continue to kick some goals because Teddy had another crack last week. We had three different goal kickers last week and Teddy was awful again for his kick at the end of the game. So you'd hope that Takiyaho is going to continue on with it. He scored 73 and 84 points the last two weeks. Uh, he did get some attack last week with a line break try assist. Um, but against Souths, you know, they're going to need him in the middle. Um, he's playing well the last couple of weeks. I'm actually going to be playing him. I'm happy to play him. Uh, and out of the forwards, I actually reckon that he's a decent play on that Roosters side. Yeah, this is the sort of TK that you signed up for the beginning of the year. A bigger minute guy playing in the middle, sort of kicking goals, hey. But um, <laughs> when he's not kicking goals, playing those small minutes, that's when you sort of pun him. So, look, I don't think he's going to get as many opportunities to um, kick kick some uh, four-pointers this week, but um, he's still kicking. He's not going to get zero. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he can convert maybe two for you at least, and then go sort of fifty-five and basically give you a sixty-five. I think that's what you could probably hope for. Yeah, he's a decent play. Um, Tupanua, very hard, but it's I'm going to go there just because of the edge sometimes for the rabbits. Tedesco, you mentioned, and look, he was far and away the best captaincy option on the weekend. It, I'm so upset that I traded for Ponga, um, and I don't have Tedesco 
182 points. That's his best score all year. Uh, and, you know, he's now managed still, after, after a down year that everyone's talked about, six tons. And, like, four of those six have been huge tons of 140 plus. So. He's done it without Kiri as well. And a decimated halves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he really. Some of his balls on the weekend were fantastic. He's now got a three-round average of 124 and a five-round of 117. So I guess, Billy, the question with Teddy is, he's going to step up against House, I think. I think he's going to be fired up for it. But the the team around him isn't fantastic again this week. Um, so South could put on a score. So you're not going to see him. If you've got Teddy, a VC would look like a really good opportunity. But again, if you own Turbo, you just can't do it. You just have to leave that alone. So let's talk about it if you don't own Turbo. For those four people that are listening, do you, do, you, do you look at the C or VC option for Teddy this week, or is that a bit wasted, do you reckon? Uh, I would only be VC Teddy if you're one of those people that don't own Turbo or Clear. <laughs> so make matters worse. <laughs> yeah, so, so not so we're down to two people that might be able to do that one. But um, on the Rabbitohs side of things, Cody Walker is is the big gun in that one. But Damien Cook got named, which is fantastic. Look, I'm I'm going to start all the Rabbits. I, I'm a Roosters fan, but look, we gave up points in a 20 minute period to the Dragons last week that was pretty horrible between minutes 30 and and 50. Um, that 20 minute period was bad. Um, the Rabbits, I can't say it's at the best not giving them 24, 26 points at the best for our defense. Um, it's just going to be tough. So I'm happy to play all my rabbits. Uh, obviously, Cody Walker is the one that you're going to look at a VCC option. Uh, do you do it this game? Is it is it one that you could consider when you look at the fact that last year they put on 60-plus and Cody Walker absolutely carved, had like his best score of the season. And then round three this year even... He scored 95 points against us with a double as well. You know, he's he's been scoring tries and putting on tries like a madman against us our last few matchups. Yeah, he's got, he's on that left hand side too, where um, Walker's on that on sort of attacks on left hand side where you've got the um, you know your right side to the winger out. So maybe the rookie out there makes a couple of errors. Um, Johnson didn't score last week. He, he's due to come back. Do, do many people have Johnson left? Because if you do, I, I'd be inclined to sort of. Du- to sort of double down, to go the VC on Walker and, and play, and obviously hope that sort of uh, Johnson goes out, goes over for um, two or three at the same time. Yeah, and that side that Johnson is on, um, that that could be where we're giving up points, which is why I like Cody Walker as well. Um, yeah, it, I mean Johnson's a definite play. I don't mind the VC on Cody Walker. I'm actually going to consider it too, just because of his record against us lately has been really good, and obviously he's in great form anyway with a five round average of 99. Uh, every second game at the moment has been a ton for him for basically two months. So there's that as well. And he's only scored 49 against the Panthers on the weekend. So he'll probably put on 120 versus us. Uh, very loopable, especially for guys that only have 16 players like what I probably have. Billy, I'm loath to go to top sport on this one uh, because I'm worried about this game for the Roosters. The line is plus 11.5 for the Chooks at the moment. The head-to-head is $4, which is quite a bit of value if the, th- the Chooks are going to step up. The Rabbits have been a bit slow against some of the other sides uh, at times, the last sort of couple of months of footy before they've ramped up. So I'm going to stretch that line out to a very safe plus 20 and a half, and you can still get $1.51 on that, which is not phenomenal. But to give the Roosters a 20-point head start and get $1.50 odd, I don't mind that one. I can't remember the last time you would have got that. Any, any game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it's been I think on some of the other um, 
But I think when they first opened, they might have been $4.50 on Top Sport. Um, they've come in a little bit, but um, yeah, a lot of injuries for the Roosters. Not much you can do about it for them. Well, I'd be curious to know what Roosters' average average um, score sheet is each week because if if you can if you can guarantee they're going to score at least sort of what twelve to fourteen points, uh, and you're going to take a sort of a, 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 a margin like that, they've got to put on what thirty two points. The, the Roosters gave up 22 points for the Dragons last week. We let the Broncos score 20. Um, yeah, it's a few weeks ago we went well against Penrith, where they only managed 20 points against us, which was good. But yeah, it's the last couple of weeks the um, the defence has been pretty concerning. But if you look before that, uh, even though we haven't beaten teams by a lot, like even like the Bulldogs, we only beat 22 to 16. No teams have been putting 20 plus on us um, for a couple of months of footy. Um, the last big score that was put on us was the Storm, who put on 46-0, and that was in round 15-odd, I think it was. So yeah, we haven't been going that badly the last couple of months defensively, considering, uh, but obviously we're playing a much better side than what we've been playing lately, so who knows. Let's move on to the next one, Dragons-Cowboys. Good news that Jason Tomalolo is back. They're actually going to play him at prop, though, which is interesting, uh, named in the 8 jersey. Uh, aside from that, you know, really, there's Valentine Holmes named at centre, Gets his price down for next year, at least. Well, you know, maybe um, we can get him at centre wing duel next year again, even though he's played fullback a bit. So that'll help him get to that duel eligibility again. But, I mean, look, it's it's against the Dragons, so surely you play Valentine Holmes, but he hasn't been good lately. He got, got shafted to the wing last week. Um, you have to play him, though. But a pod option that's being spoken about in this matchup is Lomax, which people have been talking about for a few weeks because Zach Lomax has been very cheap. He scored 95 points on the weekend, so he had a blinder. The weeks before that, I didn't think he looked fantastic, but he scored 67 and 50. He's only 426,000. So playing against the Cowboys, you know, it isn't a bad shout um, for him for this week. If you had to get a center wing in and a cheap one, he kind of works out and he's a pod one. The problem is he does have South the following week, so you've got to kind of account for that if you're going to trade him in this week. He's only down to a 55 average at the moment from his 68 last year, so he's certainly not having a stellar season. I think that kind of rules him out for me, um, unless you're absolutely desperate and you just want to get into a head-to-head grade final. Like, <laughs> Honestly, if you're in head-to-head right now, you just want to win this week to get into the GF because you're guaranteed prize money. It's just going to be a matter of whether it's, you know, a thousand bucks or five hundred or you know, four hundred bucks or two hundred. So, if you're not too concerned about next week, just yet, you want to guarantee he's about not a guarantee big score, but he's about as close to lower risk as you can get for some decent points over sixty. Yeah, if you're head to head, no need to win this week. Obviously, I would get him. If you're overall and you're worried about that, I wouldn't because I think next week it's going to be a dud. Unless you have the ability to definitely rotate him out, then maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, like he, overall, you and Aitken type is what you want. 60, 60 each week, almost guarantee, as opposed to the bloke that might, that might score 90 and then 30. Yep, not going to even talk about VC and C in this one. I'm just going to go straight to top swap bet of the week. And look, I thought the Dragons looked half decent last week, so they're coming in at favourites on a dollar sixty-six. Very hard to tell. They're playing at Rockhampton, so maybe the Cowboys will get a bit of support there. Uh, but... I'm just going to go for a try scorer. <laughs> I'm just going to go the tried and tested try scorer. Kyle Felt is always good value on top sport. Dollar eighty-two you can get for Felt. He scored a lot of tries this year. Playing against the Dragons in Rockhampton, dollar eighty-two seems like immense value to me. Yeah, it's almost a home crowd, isn't it? 
you, you, you pretty, you pretty much, you've pretty much got to pick one of the wingers in these blokes in, in these two teams. So it would either be sort of Kyle Felt or Rafael. Yeah, and look, Kyle Felt has scored six tries since round fifteen, so he's been on a bit of a tear. He's only got three games in that that he hasn't scored. Last month of footy, no try last week. Three weeks before, three in a row. So certainly against the Dragons this week, he didn't score against them earlier in the season. When you're looking at numbers and statistics, if he didn't score against them earlier in the season, he's a guy that scores almost every second week, then he's probably going to score this week. So I really like it at $1.82. I'm going to play the odds on that one. Let's look at the next game, which is going to be a little bit better for Supercoach, although not much, the Sharks versus the Broncos. This one is another one that, you know, the Sharkies need to win, and they've been playing really well. They are a team that does have some immense pod potential, and I need to give Luke Garrity another shout-out. I had noticed him because I had this guy in draft, but Luke brought it up a few weeks ago on the podcast that Trindle has been absolutely killing it for the Sharkies. He had an absolute blinder on the weekend, put up 130 points against the Tigers. And, you know, someone before the start of the season said to you that, that the Sharks were going to put on 50-plus versus the Tigers when it was a must-win game for the Tigers in round 23 with the roster the Sharks have, and Braden Trindle was going to score 130 points in Supercoach. I don't think many people would have put money on the, the odds for that to happen, but Trindle killed it. He's a goal kicker playing against the Broncos this week. He's now gone 130, 50, 23, and 112 in his last month of footy. When the Sharks play well, when he's starting at halfback, and they win big, he scores big for Supercoach. So two out of the last four, he's got a ton very easily. Against the Broncos this week, you know, could you go the 500k Hail Mary on a Braden Trindle if you really need the pot option, Billy? Is he their goalkeeper? Yep, he is indeed. I was just going to say, whoever their goalkeeper is, the last couple of weeks, he's an absolute sharpshooter too. He doesn't spray him. No, so he's going to kick the goals. It's just a matter of whether the Sharkies can, you know, they put on 50 against the Tigers. Do they do similar this week against the Broncos? I mean, the sides that are going to have a Nicarima at the moment as a second half that are going to be looking at sort of putting in someone that can catapult them. Um, Trindle might be one of those guys. Yeah, he's certainly one of the the very few speckies left that can can do that. Um, If if you went back sort of three or four weeks, I would have chosen Sexton over him. But um, you're certainly putting that uh, that 50-50 call of shame at the moment. How wrong did we get the uh, the uh, the uh, Tigers call last week? Two two dollars thirty shark. No way should they not be the underdogs versus the sharks. Oh, uh, that was just a killer, and I was I I lost like three multis because of that. I couldn't relieve it, and. Adam Dewey got hurt as well. He couldn't finish the game, but he still did most of it. 37. I had I had um, no Faluma any time try without the Tigers winning, and he still couldn't get across the line. It was a, the Sharks played really well, but the Tigers did play really bad. So it's interesting what will happen this week. Um, I guess the other stalwart of this one, Billy, is going to be Payne Haas. Uh, he's been on fire, really, since he sort of came out of origin. He's been playing really well. Five-round average of 82, three-round of 77. Back-to-back weeks now where he's gone 85 and 84 against the Sharks. Scored a 90 in round 16 as well. His run of games started from round 16 onwards, where he's gone 90, 89, 106, 73, 61, 84 and 85. He's become that alpha front rower that made him the best forward in Supercoach last season. Playing against the Sharks again, you'd almost back him in for a 90-plusser. If you don't own him at 624,000, he's a really easy one. To grab, but if you wanted a um, if you wanted a solid score in 
your draft side. I think that he's a he's a really good draft captaincy option. It's just a shame that Turbo's playing this week, so you can't really look at him as sort of a solid backup if your VC doesn't work out earlier on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think if you go back to around 16, whatever whatever it was, I think you'll find that's when his minutes started increasing as well. Now that he's obviously at the, the alpha prop and got some momentum and got a try under, under his belt, he's just looking dangerous. So he's back to that sort of 75, 80, almost in base every week. So if you don't own him, just get him. Yeah, there isn't too many other speculators on this one. I will say Milford looked good on the weekend, but you're obviously not going to go near him, even in draft. Top sport better of the week on this one, Billy. The, the Sharkies on last week's performance of a of a dollar fifty favourites, which I, I wouldn't have thought a few weeks ago potentially because the Broncos started playing better. Minus five and a half line. Um, I don't mind that, and I also don't mind my mate Katoa scoring again. He has been playing really well. Um, the Sharkies lost Milatalo, who carved up last week, but Katoa's coming off one hundred and one points on a double on the weekend. He he scored really bad the three weeks before, so I'm loath to to recommend him as a super coach option because they do have the Melbourne Storm in round 25. But when you're looking at betting markets, I'm absolutely all over him to score a try. Um, if you go for any time try on him, you're going to get $1.79, which I think is amazing value for Katoa. Yeah, it is. Um, the way the way he's going at the moment, it's probably sort of more more of an odds-on bet. I actually like um, like Haas at, at, at any time, the way he's been going lately. I just think he's just... Almost assured each week the way he's playing. Well, what's what's his price rate? Payne Haas is five dollars fifty. That's pretty good. I'll tell you what the what the way he's going, mate. I I'd, I'd be back in a Haas at five bucks. He is. Uh, there's only like four starters that are paying better odds than him. <laughs> so he's it actually he's pretty good odds for any time. If you actually really like him to score a try and you think he's going to start off big you can go for him first try you're going to get massive odds on that his first try market is huge $41 on top sport for first try let's move on to the next one because this is your eels mate storm big game for your eels <laughs> feeling confident hell yeah Mate, I pulled the trifecta in the wind stakes last week I was more confident in getting that than the eels getting up this week <laughs> We've got Sevo that's got his ACL done, which is it hasn't been fantastic. But that's sad because you're going to have Blake Ferguson come back, which he hasn't been good this year. So I do think you're better off with Sevo. But we're having a look at this back line. Like I almost would like to say that you guys could step up and have a bit of a dig, but your back line, you got Dunster and Fergo on the wings, and Wanga Blake and Penasini in the centres. Like the Storm are going to carve those guys up. It's they they can't. They can't go well in the backs. They, they might be able to sit yeah. up in the forwards, all right? I know. I'm just fearful of what Harry Grant, Cheese, Hughes, up in Hughes, and even the whole... The, the only thing I'm actually happy about is that Hines might actually score 120 in three minutes off the bench this week. <laughs> it would be very hard to, to start any of your eels this week. Um, I'd be trying to bench or trade them. Oh, I've got to... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm that decimated. I'm actually excited that Gutho was starting, but I thought, I thought, I thought I saw something that he was guaranteed to be rested or something. Or was that just crap being thrown around as usual? Brad Arthur said that he was looking at resting some of his stars, but that might be for round 25. So, um, look, Gutherson scored 32 points against the Storm in round two, and that's when you guys were going better. So, yeah, it is a tough. I game. need 32 points this week. If he can just get me 32 points this week and into a grand final so that Crichton can come back next week. I'll happily just take the 32. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it is a tough game for them, but for the Storm, uh, they've they've got uh, your boy, 
that I that I unfortunately sold. Nico Hines, he's on the bench. So finally, Nico Hines has died. Uh, he's he's not going to be playable off the bench. Um, not yet, mate. He'll he'll still score the rest of the years off the bench. He's <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's still going to get twenty minutes. Uh, look, you, you can't possibly play him. Surely, I mean, if you've got seventeen players and he's one, then sure you're going to play him. But otherwise, there's no way that you're playing him. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm playing him, but I, I, I think it's it's either him or uh, Simkin. I'd, I'd rather <laughs> back him off the bench. <laughs> well. <laughs> Jerome Hughes returns, which is great. Look, I, I'd be very happy to be starting the Paps, the Munster to Hughes and the Baron Smiths and, and the um, Grants in this one. They all look phenomenal. Um, one of the good things last week was Pappenhausen really came to form again, uh, which is good to see because he hasn't really shown it yet since he's come back from injury. 101 points, his first 80-minute game. Uh, I think that they're going to want to keep playing him 80 minutes to get into him before the final start. That's really good to see. Whether he can back it up or not, don't know. But 426,000 still for him. Uh, he's still a really good buy. Like, if you've got... I've seen teams talk about selling a Ponga Billy, and I've said to them, don't do it, because, you know, like, it's just... Ponga's got to come good with a good score with his draw the next couple of weeks, even though it hasn't worked before. But I understand them considering it. If it means that you can do a second trade with that extra cash... I understand them using their last two trades to go to Pappenhausen because the Eels this week, I reckon Pap will go 75 plus and possibly a ton. Oh, no. And, and then the Sharks the next week he's going to kill. Can't. So yeah, it's it's a great trading steal for the Pap this week. Yeah. Look, Hines isn't. I, this is my non expert cash potato opinion. I can't see Hines coming in and filling in for um, Pappy at the back. Um, he's either going to be number one injury cover, which is uh, the obvious, or number two, g- given that you're, they're actually going to have um, Cheese and Grant um, rotating, so they're only going to have two fours on the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if Nico comes in sort of just uh, it, just before or just after sort of the um, uh, uh, the, fir- the first half finishes, tired forwards, and maybe comes in and plays that sort of roaming sort of lock role where he's just hanging around the middle off the back of um, off the back of Harry Grant coming coming off. Um, get, get, getting into the game, they both go in, in against tired forwards, and he does a twenty minute cameo. Then comes comes back off when the lock goes back on. Oh, I'm I'm sure they'll do that. I'm, I'm I'm positive they'll do it. And look, Harry Grant's another one that went well last week. Um, you speak about him. He played eighty minutes and scored ninety seven points, which we were pretty excited for him to be getting eighty. He still looks like a great buy. You know, even though that Brandon Smith's back, um, Par- Parramatta's middle we've spoken about many times. You know, Harry will probably carve your middle up. Uh, so he's He's a great player as well. But probably the thing to mention with some of these big guns is the elephant in the room is obviously that um, people might rest next week. Now, it's hard to tell who's going to. Um, what I would probably guess is that someone like Harry Grant hasn't played a lot of football this year. He's missed a few big chunks of footy. So I think I don't know if they'd really want to rest him. Um, then there's other guys as well, like Hughes, who just, who just got rested. Um, someone like Munster maybe they'll rest Munster. But either way, what I would probably say is the biggest thing to take out of this is be very careful about trading Hines um, if you need to because there's no other cash and sure go for it. If you don't need to and you've got other guys and you're trying to decide who to use your last trade or your last two trades on this week, I would use it on other guys if I could because there's very big potential that Hines will start for somebody next week against the Sharks. And that's also the side that he's signed on to play with next year. 
So, you know, it would be probably a huge showing yeah. from Hines next week in one of the positions from whoever rests. Wouldn't so, well, Hughes has had a rest this week. It wouldn't surprise me if next week it's um it's Munster that gets rested and he, play, he plays left side next to Hughes. Harry Grant sort of starts. Um, Cheese gets another rest. Oh, Cheese has had a rest, so maybe they just stay in the rotation, but surely Pappy plays a full game next week. He's just got his confidence back after one full 80 minute game. Surely he plays 80 leading into the finals and they give to the Hines a cameo before they go back to this, this sort of rotation for the first week of the finals. Oh, I think that they'll rest Munster. Um, that would be my guess. He, Munster's played a, a, he's going to play five weeks of football straight this week. So I think that they'll rest him. Um, and I'll also say if they don't, I think that he will come off at like, you know, the 40 minute, 45 minute mark or something like that. 40 minutes at half time, maybe even, and Hines goes on for the last 40 in what will be a meaningless game probably for them. So, um, Hines in 25 will probably be a play still at 40 minutes against the Sharks. Yeah. Well, this, this week's they go off the record, aren't they? This is the week that's the record. So, I mean, all the marbles are this week for them. You know, the record, they, they could even probably sew up first, potentially, depending on what happens. You know, it's, yeah. All right. Well, Billy. Now that we're talking about how much your eels are going to get smashed up, what, what's your top VC or C in this one? I mean, we're, we're all on turbo. You know, let's just pretend everyone's got turbo. But you're going to be able to VC someone in this. Um, you know, just, is someone like a Grant going to warrant it? Do you not believe in your middle that much? Can someone like a Munster or a Hughes get there with one of their biggest scores? Oh, if Grant... if oh, I'd still prefer Grant to play 80, but... Uh... He would have to go over the line early to get 30 points and then go ballistic from there. I just don't think he's got it. Oh, I just I just can't go Grant. I don't think it's big enough for a VC. If you don't own Turbo, yes, it is. Um, I'd be I'd actually be inclined to have a crack at sort of Hughes this week or, or maybe yeah, the Munster. Yeah, didn't go well last time against the Eels, but you know it's it is earlier in the season. I I don't mind Munster this time around because I think he has been looking a bit better lately. Yeah, and Pappy sweeps left too. I think Mum. I think he just goes a lot better naturally with Pappy on the left. So, Ado Cars has come off a massive game too. So, um, yeah, maybe you go with four. Top spot better of the week for this one. Needless to say, the Melbourne Storm is a dollar nine. Your boys are paying seven dollars seventy-five. Now, I know you know you. You're very, very likely going to lose, but that is very big odds to see on a head-to-head. The line, likewise, is plus 22.5 points. I'm going to take you guys a, a, a plus 30 and get a, a dollar fifty-nine off that. And that's that's not bad to get dollar fifties odds at a plus 30. You know, they're going to have to beat you by 31 plus for me to lose on that one. Yeah, that's less likely to come off than, you know, a miracle first try scorer. I mean, you look at um, what happened last week to me. Greg, Greg, Greg Marju, first try scorer, like 15 to 1 or something, just because they'll play the storm against, against the run of play. Um, I'd, I'd be inclined just to have, go through a miracle here and just pray that one of those, uh, eels edges, um, get over the line first. And I knew you were going to say that, so I already had one ready for you, mate. I'm not going right side, but because Moses is rubbish and cannot pass that way, so I would go the left side to where that is. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say Blake Ferguson. He's $19 first try score. Clint Gutherson is $22 for the first try. He's not going to get through. It's going to be a kick or a miracle pass. No one's getting through that defense. It's going to have to be some horrific ball out the back to someone on the edge. Ah, oh, kick. Kick to Fergo's wing, wing mate and either Gutho or Fergo clean up. 
Well, I'd go the edges. It's Dunster or um, Fergo. Yeah, maybe Fergo for shits and giggles, hey. Been calling him names all year. Yeah. <laughs> well, F- Fergo and Dunster are both 19 bucks, which is massive odds for a first try scorer. So, not a bad shout. Like, you, you write about the Titans one on the weekend. Everyone was waiting, 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 and then it's a Gold Coast Titans player that gets a first try in the Storm game. So, yeah, not a bad one. Next game after this one, we've got the Eagles and the Bulldogs. This is a game that everyone's waiting for to use SC. Obviously, Tommy Turbo is back. He had last week off, but never fear, he's back for the Bulldog game that absolutely everyone's going to captain him for. Which begs the question, Billy. He scored 144 points against the Bulldogs in round 16. Very, he's very likely going to ton. I can't see him not going big. Um, if they do have it in the bag, you know, with his jaw a bit tender, do they rest him a bit early? The whole of the Supercoach world that owns him is going to be on him for the captaincy. So is it worth doing a VC to try and see someone in the final game that you have if he doesn't come off? Or you know, how do you sort of see it as far as kind of going the anti-turbo route of the captaincy? only problem with that is it's the last game of the round. I don't think anyone's going to really have anyone left that they could sort of sub in without sort of uh, having a player they can't pick from. Well... Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of sides that um, only have 17 or even less. It's actually a lot of sides that have 16 or 15. So Yeah, I know. The, the, the only problem is no one's going to have a Tiger or... Ooh, is there a Panther that's out that someone could maybe swap around? The, the, the only problem is having enough to actually see. That's the problem. I can't think of anyone that any, anyone would actually have that's not playing that they could... Well, the reason the reasonably popular one is going to be Dewey. Actually, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, the issue is Walker would play first, but so no one's going to have that. But if you have Walker in your reserves and Dewey there to get your AE anyway, because it doesn't matter if you've got 17, you can just take your AE anyway, and then you yeah, just see Dewey or just cop your AE. Yeah, true. That'll work out for you. So for the Dewey owners, you're not in a bad spot, really. You can sort of use him to try and loop. Yeah. I reckon that's a I reckon that's the best route. If you've got Cleary, um, you VC Turbo in this one, and then you can avoid the crowd getting a, an 80 score or something and go for broke in that last one for a Cleary score. Yeah, and it's late in the weekend too, so it's the best sort of knowing that there's, there's no sort of surprise, sort of three-minute cameo hacks going to rule it on you. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the Bulldogs' edges before, and they pay dividends so often. Um, I'm I'm going to throw a draft smokey out there. Uh, I'm, I just try to pronounce the name, and I'm going to get it wrong. I look at uh, Holy Moly. Holy Moly is what he's known in the Supercoach world. Uh, Moly is going to be running at that Bulldogs' edge, and he's coming off 77 with a try against the Raiders' edge last game. Further draft options, uh, I like him. He did score 63 points against the Dogs in round 16. So he's a bit of a draft shout-out. But against the Bulldogs' edge and the Cowboys' edge the next two weeks, even if you were desperate for classic, like if you were heaps desperate at the end of a round and needed a Hail Mary, uh, he's a he's a cheapish one in the 400s range for price that you could just say the next two weeks he's going to be a star for me. Uh, but that's a bit of a Hail Mary one. Uh, the other big... Big one in, in this one is going to obviously be Ruben Garrick. Um, now, he's he's the other one that's been scoring like a fiend. A lot of people own him now at the pointy end. DCE is someone that not a lot of people do own still, uh, and he projects really well over the next couple of weeks. If I had the money to bring in a half for the next two weeks, 
uh, it would be Cherry Evans. Um, I'm pretty confident in him this week. Last game against the Dogs for Cherry Evans, scored 119 points, and he's got the Cowboys in the last round where he scored 148 points against them in round 14. Love him for the next two weeks of footy, DC. Yeah, I was just going to say exactly the same thing. Three that you want this week of those three. Um, I think the only real decision this week is whether or not you, you own Saab and what a plane, but you'd probably have to. It's going to be eight or 100, 108, and you'd, you'd think that this this week you would get at least one hey. Um, the only, I think you got to play any you got to play any manly player yeah, you got this yeah, week, any one of them. Yeah. The, the the only other thing to add is possibly. If you absolutely decimated and you're behind and you absolutely cannot win your head-to-head, um, maybe this is a last-minute ditch to throw it out there and go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to captain um, Garrick instead of Turbo and hope he scores an extra 50 points or something or kicks more goals, kicks 50 points in goals and gets you back on track. So he, he, he would probably be your out if you really, really needed to um, – anti-pod Tommy at the last minute. Yeah, and I saw some, a few people do that a couple of weeks ago and it worked out well where um, Garrick scored the 200-plus game. <laughs> Top sort better of the week. Really tough when you've got like a Bulldog side that's going to be paying $12 just for the win. Manly is minus 29.5, but that's it's only paying $1.80 for that as well. But I kind of think that you've got to take it. Um, Manly are going to be hungry for points because they're going to need the for and against and they're hungry for the win. Billy, we've already half spoken about this last game of the round with the Tigers and the Panthers. We've already kind of half given away our hand in, in the Nathan Cleary stakes. Cleary, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes off rested, though, if, if they do go well. So there is that elephant in the room. But he's gone 86 and 82 the last two weeks. If you needed a solid C, uh, I think that you could definitely go him. He did miss out on the Tigers uh, last time that they met up. But, you know, he's scored 108 points against them, I think, last year it was. Um, do you... Do you go him as a C option after Turbo, uh, if you can, or do you prefer just to go on a VC hit and just see Turbo as a safety? Turbo is obviously the safety, um, but I think this week, the, the mere fact that Dewey's out, I think that ruins a lot of the Tigers' fifth, fifth tackle um, options and, and sort of um, last-minute sort of attack. So if you're basically leaving everything to Brooks and... God, whoever else they've got there. I just don't think that the Tigers are going to have any real sort of attack at the other end, so it's just going to be a mess, and it's, it's basically going to be... Um, um, I, I, don't, I don't think... I think you're going to limit a lot of the um, the Tigers' sort of uh, six again or uh, dropouts, so I think you're just going to have more time for Manly on the attack. So, so Tigers, Tigers dropping is what you're saying. They're going to get absolutely belted. <laughs> so Brian Tyler's back this week. Um, I've held him. And I'm so happy that he's back because I you know, had to use a final trade and I chose someone else to trade out instead of him in case he came back. Cheering, I reckon he's going to come back and hit his stride and go, well, just because the Tigers aren't very good and have nothing to play for this week. So Brian Toto is an instant play for anyone like me. If you don't own him, though, there's a lot of teams searching for a centre wing to put in at the moment with a bit of a, a good ceiling that's not going to get him a bad score in their head-to-head. 640 grand. I, I reckon that you just get Toto straight in. I think that he's that good despite his ankle injury, if he's playing against the Tigers this week and they're going to, you know, put on 50 points, he's going to get a try. Yeah, so I, so I mentioned that the question was to get Aitken or Tua. If Tua, if, if Tua is healthy, 100%, you'd be taking him. All you're doing is running, running, running with a risk that he sort of um, goes down. But um, why would Panthers be risking him right now if he wasn't 100%? They, they, they don't need to. So surely he's, surely he's up for it. 
And I think that I think that point in, in, in itself kind of speaks volumes. Yeah, and I, I think it's a little bit easier with an ankle. Like if it was a knee injury or something, you'd be a bit more ankle. You know, I think you'll probably go all right. Look, it's, it's just a prime matchup. Like I, I would get him in uh, as far as centre wings to trade in this week. I think he's a premium one just to go back there, even if you trade him four weeks ago. Just you know, take the bullet and get him back in again. Yeah, and even um. Even if he doesn't have as many hit-ups as, as, as he normally does, it's the type of game where you want him to fall over the line anyway. So even if he halves his output, you know, he got 30 in base as opposed to 50, you're hoping he goes over for a double anyway, or at least one. So I'm going to throw a real real smoky pot out there. Um, especially for draft, if you could pick this guy up. But if you needed to make a you know sub-450K purchase in your center wing that's got upside the next couple of weeks... Uh, Momorowski, <laughs> I know it sounds pretty dirty, but like me and Billy have said, you just got to look at a two-week period and see if you need a pod, if they can fire. Uh, playing against the Tigers, you know, he obviously came from the Tigers, uh, playing for them last year. If Cleary goes off for a rest, he could be goal-kicking at the end of this game as well. If Cleary doesn't play next week against Power, he could be goal-kicking as well. He scored very solid the last three weeks with a 57 average, 62, 55 and 54, nothing spectacular. But if he can get a double this week against the Tigers and that side, I think he's abysmal. So I reckon that he could be in for some attack. He could be a real smoky. Definitely a great one for draft. Um, but I just think, like, if you're if you're looking this week at winning, um, you you want to be targeting the games which you think are going to have real big score lines. And I really think it's going to be the Seagulls players that you want to look at and filter in Supercoach to see all the Seagulls centre wings and to look at all the all the uh, Panthers centre wings and also the rest of their back lines and see what guys you don't have and kind of take it from there just for this week. Yeah, this is the sort of week where you just sort of um, <laughs> have a look at opposition runs and just pick sort of pods left, right and centre. So I think you've gone real dirty there. <laughs> oh, super dirty. Oh, I'm not... Uh, there's there, no guarantees that that's coming off, all right? No guarantees. Did, um, draft, grab him. Did, but, did yeah, Stanley get a recall this week? Or otherwise, who's playing right wing? Uh, no, nah, Crichton's going to stick there. Yeah, you could even go as dirty as Crichton. Like, uh, but it's a right wing. I prefer him on the left and the right. Um, Crichton hasn't been scoring very well either. Um, he's just, even since he's gone to the wing, he's got 50 and 22. So he just hasn't been putting it up. Can't believe he wanted big money. <laughs> he should have taken Actually, it. Yeah, oh, mate, everyone wants big money, but um, I don't know. Normally, I, normally this is the this is the type of game where I'd go for the obscure fullback, but uh, we, we all know how that sort of ends up. Oh yeah, um, I think this might be the game where like a, a, a EO type bloke sort of steps up and sort of um, does what he did to the beginning. Does does what he sort of did sort of last year. I reckon you see a bigger game from the, from the peachy type middle guys that just sort of a little bit more dynamic against bottom ring teams. Yep. Um, Matty Burton could go off, but people that own him are going to start him. And if you don't own him, I wouldn't necessarily think you could probably go there because he's a bit inconsistent, but he's another one. Like really all these Panthers players have got potential this game to score well. I'd be really worried about the Tigers. Um, and certainly... Yeah, if you can bench a no for Luma, you do that. Um, I, I just I don't think the Tigers are going to really have any attack. Isn't um, Burton an, an advocate for that old saying? You know, don't 
he's not brilliant. Like, he, he's not he's not a knight in shining armour. But when you have a guy that can sort of consistently score sort of you know, 40, 50 points with with, with, with ease, not really doing anything, you go, oh, the guy's crap and you get rid of him. And all of a sudden he goes on on, on, a, on, a, on a soft game tear. It's kind of like owning sort of, you know, at O'Carr and gun, you know, well, he's not that sort of great, but he's he's on he's on the dominant wing in the best team in the comp. Blokes like that are just going to have games where they score three, four, five tries where you don't know. And he is actually the guy that I was going to pinpoint as one of my top sport bets of the week. Dollar sixty-seven on top sport for a try. Dollar ninety for Momo though. So Momorowski, if you think that he is going to go go for a try, for those two centers for the Panthers, dollar sixty-seven, dollar ninety. Don't mind those ones at all. Yeah, I'd probably go to Specky. I'd, I'd go Momo, um, purely because um, Bert can do any, anything himself. But I like the price and I like the fact that um, Momo's on the right. Cleary doesn't have that long ball out right. It's usually the, the shorter ball or that little, little sort of kick through. Nathan Cleary's $2.49, so it's a bit of a smoky price. Um, he's an outsider at two forty nine. He's not a bad one either. Billy, that's round 24. We've now only got two more rounds of footy left. And... We're probably going to have to do an end-of-season review as well, which is going to probably be very sad for both of us. But not much footy left, mate. Mate, we've got Supercoach finals. Oh, did they confirm that? We do have Supercoach finals this year? I, th- I thought it was on. I thought I saw a message come through saying, oh, it's on. Well, I saw it somewhere. I hope they do, because that'll, that'll really help me out in lockdown, <laughs> having Supercoach finals. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do. Yeah, I need to get back on the horse, mate. I'm struggling. All right. Well, cheers, mate. Until we chat again, probably next week. Uh, good luck with your head-to-head finals this week. I managed to get in three, and I don't know how I'm in three still because I've been playing. Yeah, I've, I've got 16 players this week. It's just it's abysmal, the injuries that have been copped everywhere. Oh, mate, I finished first or second in about four or five, and I've got – I've, I've lost pretty much all of the last two weeks by one. I think I'll be, I think I'll be all-stars one still this week. Well, good luck in the All-Stars um, leagues as well, everybody, because, uh, you know, they've got th- four of those going, one free one and a few um, cashies. So, um, Billy, great chatting to you. We'll talk again next week, mate. Thanks, mate. Follow us on Twitter as well, NRL underscore SC underscore All-Stars, everyone. Uh, obviously, as always, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Hit the subscribe on iTunes. You get them straight away when the episode's released, but you can stream or download on all those. Top Sport promo code for you all is SC All Stars. Good luck with the head-to-head finals this week. It's make or break to get in the grand finals next week. And for those pumping for the overalls, big two weeks coming up. Can't wait to chat about it again in round 25. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get